Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We continue in our series called Jesus Said. It's a, going to be an eight-week series. Our life groups actually, uh, that we do meet during the week, our life groups actually dig deeper into this by asking questions, and it's been a phenomenal series, and it's really uh, about the parables of Jesus. Uh, I don't know if you know that Jesus was an extraordinary teacher. I mean, he was an amazing teacher. People, crowds would gather around him to hear his words, and, and one of the instruments that he used to teach was by sharing parables, and parables are really just kind of short, fictitious stories, but they, they, he brought them alongside of a truth that he wanted to penetrate people's lives, and he would share these stories, and, and they, they were to bring to life the truth of the gospel. This week, uh, we're, I'm going to share from Luke chapter 8, and so I encourage you, if you have your Bibles or your iPhone uh, or whatever you look on your Bible, open that up right now and follow along with me in Luke chapter 8. The goal of our series, the goal of this whole time is to dig into the parables that Christ shared, discover the the deeper meaning, the truth that he wanted us to hear, apply it to our lives, and then let God make changes. Because I think all of us want to grow closer to God. All of us need change in our life. And I don't want just any change. I want the change that God has for me. So Luke chapter 8. Uh, we're going to talk about the parable of the sower. It's probably one of the most famous parables that is written in the Bible. It's found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, three of the four Gospels. And we're reading from the version that's found in Luke. Let me start at verse 4. We're going to read the whole parable, so just hang in there with me right now. So one day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many uh, towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered across his field, some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Uh, Annette, I need my glasses. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for the lack of moisture. Other seed fell. Uh, thank you so much. I just recognized I forgot something. Oh, I could do there. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. This seed grew, grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. Where he had said this, he called out, anyone who had, with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell upon the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and, and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Let's just take a moment and pray. God, I pray that your word will impact our life today. That it's not just words on a page, but God, it's actually revelation to our heart. Let it be impactful and change us from the inside out, I pray. 
in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Why do, I, why do we say that? Why does everybody say amen? Why, everybody say, you know what the word amen means? It's let it be so. Let it be so. So what we're actually saying, God, let this take place in our lives. So um, that's just a little thought for those that maybe didn't understand what we were doing. We get so used to just being Christians and walking through things that we never, that we forget that maybe someone that's brand new has I no idea, what are they doing? Let's, let's take time to slow it down a little bit and give it an opportunity for everybody to understand. Let's recap this moment of Jesus' parable. I want you to share with you the seed that you see in that parable, because remember there's a sower that spreads out the seed really against four different types of soil. That seed is really representing the word of God. It's the word of God that's being sown out. It's being thrown out. It's being scattered. And it's the word of God that can change lives. And if you, I want, it's important for us to remember that the word of God that is also referred, that Jesus is also referred to as the word in the Bible. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So really that seed also represents Jesus. You see, the seed is powerful because it can change your life. The seed that is being scattered is all the same. There is no difference. We know this because in God's word it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's, and it's important to understand this parable because Jesus is sharing a truth here. Think about a sower that's going out, not with the combines that we have in modern day, but someone just has a bag on side of his, on side of his body and it's full of seed. And he's just, he's just throwing out the seed to all of a sudden allow the crops to start to grow and that seed is hitting the soil. And what Jesus is saying, the seed is all the same. The only difference is depends on what, what soil it lands on. That's what's going to make the difference. If the seed lands on good soil, something good's going to happen. If the seed lands on hard soil, guess what? It's probably not going to have any kind of effect. So today, this whole idea of this parable, what I want to kind of share in a, in a different way, because one of our, our vision statement here at the church is creating environments to see what God can do through you. So I want to look at this parable in the way of an environment. Because the soil that was being, the seed was being thrown on, there, each one had a different environment. And it depended upon the environment if there was going to be growth that was going to take place in the life. Does that make sense? Yes. So here's the key. Let's make sure that we're in the good environment. Let's make sure that our life is ready to receive all that Jesus has for us. So, so let's take a look at these four environments. Shared in this parable. The first one is a hard environment. The Bible describes, describes this soil as being so hard that the seed has no ability to be able to penetrate the soil. We uh, here at the church, because we have so many people that during the week, you might not know this, but we have like seven, 800 people on campus every week with school and preschool. And, and the grass out there takes a beating. So once or twice a year, we actually reseed the grass and we water it heavily. And, and, but what's interesting is the next morning I can drive to church and when I start pulling up, we will have 100 crows sitting out on our lawn eating all the seed. They find the seed that's fallen either on the sidewalks or it's fallen on hard, hard soil. And the crows all of a sudden just eat up all the seed. And that's what Jesus is saying. In this parable, the hard soil represents an environment with no depth. There is no, there is no problem with the seed. The seed is fine. But the soil is so hard that it no longer is receptive to the seed. The seed that has, has no chance to germinate or to grow. So this begs this question. Is the word of God 
penetrating your heart? Is it penetrating my heart? Does, does God's word have a chance to grow inside of your life? Or has, has your life become so hard that when the seed hits the, your life, it's like hitting the sidewalk. It just kind of bounces off the sidewalk and it really has no chance to grow. Listen to the following scripture. Because I really believe it gives us great insight to what we are to do with God's word. It's found in Psalms 119 verse 11. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Powerful scripture. If you catch that whole, I, I've hidden your word in my heart, brings the whole idea that it's allowed the seed to go deep into us. The word of God has gone deep into us. If the, if the seed can't get into the soil, it can't get deep enough into the soil, there will be no growth that takes place in your life. But when you all of a sudden take the seed, when you hide it into your life, all of a sudden it starts to grow. And what, what's the purpose of that? So that I might not sin against God. That I might live a holy life. It's allowing that seed to change our life. The word of God to change our life. It's really taking root in our life. It's choosing to make Jesus the foundation of your life. God's word was never designed to just be on the surface of your life. Like the Bible that sits on the shelf. That just continues to collect dust. God's word was never designed just to be on the surface of your life. God's word was designed to be penetrating in your life. Jeremiah said these words. Catch this. This is crazy, crazy words by Jeremiah. He says, your words were found and I ate them. They became the joy and delight of my heart. When was the last time you ate the Bible? Last night you ate. Yet Was it good? Delicious, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, some, if you're online right now and you're watching, you're starting to tear pages out of your Bible, don't do that. What we're talking about is being spiritually fed. Where all of a sudden, the Word of God is no longer, and I say this all the time, it's no longer just words on the page. They're like become revelation into our heart. It's like, man, I talk about food a lot. I'm so sorry. I'm already getting hungry. It's like getting a good steak, like a filet mignon. Ooh, medium. You know what I mean? Just beautiful. And you, you, you don't even have to use a knife. You just take the fork and it just kind of goes through it. You put it in, it just starts to melt. Man, it is delight into your palate, right? All of a sudden, everything just starts. Guess what? The Word of God should be the same way. As we read God's Word, it should take on life into our, into our heart. What happens if that's not taking place? Sometimes we just need to all of a sudden plow up the hard ground. Listen to these words that Hosea the prophet shared with the Israelites. He warned them about the hardness of their heart. He writes these words, Hosea 10, 12. Plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and show, shower righteousness upon you. There are times where we just need to plow up the hard soils of our life. How do we accomplish this? You know what? It's accomplished by becoming vulnerable. It's accomplished when all of a sudden we open up God's word to our life and we allow his word to, go in, to enter and to penetrate every area of our life. It's choosing to tear down the different walls that we have erected in our life. So many of us build up walls. I do it. We build up these walls and we think these walls are going to protect us. 
But really what happens is these walls keep us from the freedom that we can find in Christ. They actually block us away from what Christ can do in our life. And so we give Christ 95% of our life, but that 5% we build walls around because we don't want Jesus to, to know about that, which stupid he knows about everything but we build it and we think that it makes us feel better so we do it and we just build these walls but you know what God wants us to do he wants us to put a door in those walls that we can open up and give the key to Jesus so that he can enter into every crevice every area of our life so that you know what even the dark areas of your life the hard soil of your life can be changed by the power of God that's what he's waiting for for you and for me nothing is beyond the reach of Jesus Christ confession Repentance, humility are the tools needed to plow up the hard ground of your life. Before Jesus began his ministry, if you remember this, John the Baptist goes before him. He preaches a message of repentance. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He did that. He started plowing the ground for Jesus. He started plowing the way where all of a sudden when Jesus steps on this earth, all of a sudden when Jesus' ministry begins, all of a sudden the word of God takes on life because John the Baptist is plowing the way of repentance. If you want more of God, take time to repent. Take time to ask for God. God, forgive me. And watch what God will do in and through your life. Let me remind you today, God desires a relationship with you. Why? Because he's crazy about you. He loves you. But it's your choice, and God will, God will not make that choice for you. It's your choice. God loves you so much that even there's times in life where he will even just allow the circumstances of life to start to overwhelm you at times because he wants you to understand that the goodness of life is found in him. He did it, how do, I, how do you know that, Pastor? He does it throughout the Old Testament. We see it time and time again with the Israelites where he removes his hand of favor from them so they recognize that it is him that provides his goodness in their life. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that, the goodness of God in our life. The second environment I want to share from this parable is what I call the superficial environment. This is a soil that is shallow because the ground is rocky. There just isn't much soil to work with because of the underlying rock uh, my wife and our family, we lived in Vegas for a while. I'd go out and try to plant a plant out in Vegas there. And the ground was so hard. I'd put my shovel and just, it'd go like that deep. I mean, and then immediately you're hitting rocks, you're hitting hard soil. It was so difficult to plant anything that would take root and would grow because there was so much rocky soil in there. And this is that superficial environment. Jesus said, the people that, that have this type of a heart, that soil, they receive the gospel with joy. They receive the word of God with joy. They like the community of the church. They like everything about it. They're excited about the message. But eventually that excitement starts to fall away because there's no depth. It's just a superficial. And, and really they come and they, they like the community with one another. But they don't want any drastic change. I don't want any, I don't want any really drastic changes in my life Jesus, I like the way that certain things are going right now. You see, the relationship is superficial. It's like Jesus is just on the, on the sidelines with your life. It's not something that's super important. Their thinking is this. It's good for me to go to church and receive that motivational talk that Pastor Tom gives every week. It's so encouraging to me to get that motivational talk every week. 
And then, but what happens is, man, you know what? If Pastor Tom keeps on preaching these hard messages that, man, keeps on making me feel guilty and he wants me to change all that. I, I can go, I can take my, I can take, I can go other places. I can spend my time in other places. I don't need to do that. It's kind of a superficial relationship with Christ. What Jesus wants is a commitment. He doesn't want shallow, he doesn't want a shallow environment. He wants a, a commitment that's built on a deep relationship with him. Jesus states that soon, if you have this shallow environment in your life, you'll soon disappear. Because basically, you just can't handle the journey. Usually, some type of problem or difficulty arises in their life. And all of a sudden, they decide, yeah, you know what, this following Jesus is not all that's cracked up to be. Now, I want you to listen to this truth. It's most likely that this shallow environment is probably a pattern that's found in every area of our life. It's probably not just our relationship with Christ. It's probably found in other areas. Probably they have trouble committing to many things in their life. And what happens is many times, I see this over to over to, I even struggle with this. I just want to do what makes me happy. I want to do what makes me happy. That's a shallow environment. Because as soon as someone offends you at church, as soon as someone comes down and sits in your seat that you have reserved, that's the seat you sit in every Sunday and you don't want anyone else. As soon as someone does that, Oh, man, it's over. I'm going to leave the church. I'm going somewhere else. I don't need this church. Take me off. You see, we get the wrong idea about what church is supposed to be all about. Of course, church is supposed to be about community. It's supposed to be about building relationships with one another. But the real purpose of the church is allowing Jesus to change our lives so that we can impact the lives of others. Shallow thinking is only focused on how does Jesus help me. Deeper thinking focuses on how does Jesus change my life so I can help others. I'm going to say it again because I think this is really important. To, shallow thinking is only focused, I'm going to come to church, how does Jesus help me? Deeper thinking focuses on how does Jesus change my life so that I can help others. It's allowing the word of God to change some core values of my life. And that can be a painful process. Do you know that God is still changing your pastor? Every day, and you better want that. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, you better desire that. God continues to work in my life and continues. That's why Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. But if we really want life change, guess what? God will walk us through. I will guarantee you this. It might not be easy, but it will be joy-filled. It will be life-changing when you make a ch choice to follow after Jesus. There's something when you make a choice to come out of what I would call darkness. Darkness, what does that mean, Pastor Tom? Not having the knowledge of Christ, living your own life in your own selfishness, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh no, the real purpose is for me to walk with Jesus Christ so that I can make a difference in other people's lives as well, and that my life can be changing into his image as well, where all of a sudden God has something greater and more purposeful for me. It's like, I don't know if you've ever been in a, a drama situation where all of a sudden someone says this about this one, someone, and you don't know what any truth is. Do you know what I mean? Everything is just spreading around, rumors are going around, you just don't know. And then all of a sudden when the truth is revealed... It's like this breath of fresh air. You see, when Jesus comes into your life, when you allow his truth to come in your life, it's like a breath of fresh air and it changes us. The third environment found in this parable is called a compromised environment. This is kind of, it sounds similar to the superficial environment, but there's really a difference here. This is the soil that Jesus calls the soil that is full of thorns. The thorns 
crowd out the possibility of growth. You know that, do you guys have that same weed I have in my house where all of a sudden I walk in my door and there's no weed? The next day I walk and there's a four-foot weed, you know what I'm saying? It's just, where did that come from? It grows so fast. And we have this little planter in front of our house that's about six feet and three feet, six feet long, about three feet wide, and we have two or three different little plants in there. I don't know why, but man, we just love that little section. And just, the weeds just keep on growing. And I'll put new plants in there, and the weeds will come right through that plant. And I'm trying to pull them out. And it's just so difficult. And the weeds come through that. And that plant will start off like this, and I'll watch that plant just diminish. The weeds are just sucking the life right out of the plant. That's what a compromised environment, when you live in a compromised environment, it will suck the very life, the spiritual life that Jesus wants for you. It will suck it out of your, out of your life. It's an environment that just can't let go of a worldly view of life. We still love the lure of sin, the ungodly pleasures of life. The priority is not placed on the kingdom of God. Basically, the priority is placed on the kingdom of this world. We chase after the treasures of this world, the fame, the riches, and success. And there's nothing wrong with fame, riches, and success, by the way. But there is something wrong when you chase after it. It's not that those things are bad. But they, the blessings of God should be the first thing that we ask. And that's what he pours out his blessing upon us. It's all a matter of priorities. And you might think I'm splitting hairs, but I'm, I'm not on this subject. The drive for riches should, be, should not be our goal. Our drive for Jesus should be the goal of our life. And if riches follows, guess what? That's the byproduct of the goodness of God in your life. I know many men and women of God who are super successful and they, they, they've been successful in the things of this world which you would go like, oh, Pastor Don. But they have, they've, they've gained riches, they've gained companies. They've gained, but I've watched them where they continue to put God first in every area of their life. And I look at it as the blessings of God. And in fact, they use the blessings that they receive for, to further God's kingdom. I believe the compromised environment, which is what we're talking about right now, is probably the greatest struggle that we face in the church today or in society today. It's caused by following the culture that surrounds us instead of following after Jesus. We are supposed to live in this culture. We're supposed to live in this society. We're supposed to enjoy life. We're supposed to reach people. But we're never supposed to all of a sudden start following the culture that's out there. We're supposed to follow Jesus. See, we live in a culture that embraces compromise. It's a culture that tries to justify wrong. It calls us to embrace those things that are contrary to God's word. It's disguised as a culture of tolerance. Remember that whole thing a few years back? Some of you guys might be too young, but probably 10 years ago, 15 years ago, man, there was a whole push that we were supposed to be tolerant. And I get it. I understand tolerance. I mean, yeah, we're not supposed to be stupid people. That are, there, there is some good thing. But this, this push for tolerance really wasn't a push for tolerance. It was a push for acceptance. Did you hear the difference? It wasn't a push for tolerance. It was a push for acceptance. You need to accept how I am. Even if it was, even if it was choosing to, to go for sin. It's not just being tolerant. Say, hey, I know you're living. No, you need to accept who, the way. Otherwise, no, you need to accept it. There's a difference between tolerance and acceptance. We live in a culture that wants to embrace sin. And my question is this. How can God bless someone who accepts sin? I'm going to say it again. How can, so, how can God bless someone who accepts sins? Now, hear me. I didn't say someone who sins. I said someone who accepts sin. 
There's a big difference between those two statements. Someone who accepts sin has basically justified sin in their life as being okay. The reason this is so important to understand is that we all have sinned, amen, and we all continue in different areas of our life. We struggle, and sometimes you, you fall. And, but, it, but the true follower of Christ understands that their sins are set free from them because of the relationship with Jesus and his righteousness in their life. But they know the difference between right and wrong. They choose not to accept sin, even if they might fall into sin once in a while. They choose, they never accept it. They know the difference between right and wrong. And they're going after God because they're striving to make a difference in their life. They're striving for holiness. But our actions are important. Pastor Tom, I thought you just said that our actions are important. Because our actions reveal our heart. That our heart is going after God. This is what's called a a fruit of a godly life or the fruit of the Spirit. We're chasing after God. Which brings me to my fourth, the last environment I want to share with you today. The environment of faith. Faith environment, good soil. Faith environment is an environment that not only hears the word of God, but believes it and receives it. It's a faith that is devoted, loyal, and committed to God's word and allows God's word to penetrate their hearts, a change agent in their life. They do this by welcoming Jesus in every area of their life. Let's remember the seed that was scattered on the soils, on all four of the soils, it was the same seed. Each soil received the same seed. The only difference in the seed became, the only difference that if the seed was going to be fruitful enough was dependent upon the environment of the soil. So the question for each of us today is this. Is the environment of your heart open to not only receive Jesus, but to allow Jesus to make changes in your life? One of the greatest things I ever see is when I see an older person, which I'm getting there, (laughs) quicker than I'd like. Yeah, hush in the audience now. We get older, and one of the greatest things I ever see is when an older person is still allowing Jesus to change things in their life. I go, oh my gosh, that is so awesome. Because they're not so set in their ways. Guess what? They continue to just till up the ground. They continue to plow parts of their life so that God can continue to change their environment. In good soil, the roots of the plant will grow down deep into the soil and be nourished by the soil. Our hearts become nourished when we allow our faith to become obedient to God. It's in this environment that we can produce much fruit. How do we develop a a faith environment? By seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I just gave it to you. It just went right over your heads. Let me say it again. Pastor Tom... I want to live in that good soil that Jesus talks about in this parable. I want to live, I always break down things in numbers. I don't know why I do. But there was four different types of soil. So I go 25%, 25%, 20 It all has to equal 100%. That's in my life. It might not, but that's how I do it. Maybe it's 10%, 30%. You know, I, I get it. But I always think I want to be a part of that 25%. I want to be a part of that good soil, that good environment. How do I, Pastor Tom, how do I develop that in my life? It's by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you put that first in your life, all the rest of it, guess what? It will all be taken care of. That's what the word of God says. The apostle Paul writes it this way, Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's choosing to die to the selfish natures of our life, the desires, and allowing the Spirit of God to lead us. It's bringing us into the light. 
it's significant that we recognize the importance of the sower. I want to share this last thing. The sower in this story is Jesus. The soil by itself cannot do anything on its own. It's completely dependent upon the sower. It's the sower who scattered the seed. It's the sower who plows the ground. It's the sower who removes the weeds or the thorns from life. Without the sower, nothing of lasting value will ever be accomplished. Our spiritual life is no different. Without Jesus in our life, nothing will be accomplished for that will be for that will be good for all of eternity. It develops that lasting fruit. A faith environment is dependent upon allowing Jesus to have control. That's the key. It's simple. He didn't make it difficult. Last closing thought. I know I said that earlier, but I'm doing it. I'm really doing it this time. Choosing to live in an environment of faith should empower us to help others live in that same environment as well. Our goal is to help others find that relationship with Jesus. Because of Jesus, you have the power within you to change an environment. Kind of like what Brett shared earlier about it's in my blood. Guess what? That environment is in you because you are created by the Heavenly Father. You just have to step into it by, by faith. All of a sudden, you can start changing not just the environment of your life, but you can start creating an environment where other people's lives can be changed as well. How cool would that be? In that workplace that you hate to go to every day because that work is just like people are so... All of a sudden, you just set yourself. You plant yourself. You say, man, you know what? I'm not leaving this place. I'm going to create a different environment in this place because the power of God lives inside of me. I'm going to start creating a faith-filled environment that people can start seeing. What is so different about you? I want some of... What have you been smoking lately? I don't understand. Why are you so joy-filled? I'm not smoking nothing. Why are you so happy? I love Jesus. Well, what is Jesus? What? What is that all about? And you start opening up an environment in someone's life that you can actually set someone free. I have some roses in my backyard. Line up my whole backyard. And it, sometimes my roses start to kind of go, oh, they just start, they're not looking good. I look, man, watering enough. What's going on? Then I go to my garage and I have this little box called Miracle Grow. That stuff works. I mean, I'll go and just put, I'll start spreading around the bottom of the roses and and literally in, in a couple weeks, all of a sudden, my roses are going to like, like a, it's like life. God wants you to be like Miracle Grove. You have the ability to spread out a faith environment into people's lives, to spread out that seed of God's word, to spread out hope and, and love and, and goodness. And all of a sudden, you will start seeing around you, hey, that person's growing in Christ. Hey, it just takes one of us, two of us, three of us. All of a sudden, we have an army of people who are loving God and building one another up in encouragement. That's what Christ wants for our life. It's about creating an environment where lives can grow. That's the vision. That's the gospel. That's the vision of the gospel. It's the vision of South Coast Christian is to help people change their environment where they can find Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, for the opportunity just to share it. I thank you for our worship time. I thank you for our fellowship and gathering together as a body of Christ and worshiping you as one, as one body, loving you, Lord God. I pray for people today, God, who maybe recognize that the soil of their life is hard, 
that the word of God has just not been penetrating, not making a change. I pray today, God, each person that, that is struggling in that area of their life, that, Lord God, they will, they will recognize it. They will repent. They will humble themselves before you. And, God, they will choose to chase after you. They're, they're, that they would ask, God, have more of me every part of my life. For those, Lord God, living compromised values, lifestyle. God, I pray that you set them free from that. That, Lord God, you would help them to move forward in loving you. That you would open up their hearts in a new way. Most of all, Lord, I pray that each and every one of us will develop an environment in our life where you can grow, where you can make changes. I pray over each and every one of us today. Let us, Lord God, be an environment that, Lord God, you're chain, you, you can change us from the inside out to be more like you and help us make a difference in the lives of others. I pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.